With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode something or other and I am broadcasting to you from my house in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. My name is Steph Denny and I'm joined this evening by Lisa Marie Hannan and Cam Branch to do our weekly chat about all things Liverpool Football Club and I have a, a little introductory piece for you guys this evening that was suggested uh, by um, a Twitter pal of mine, Nick, uh, who uh, forwarded on a very interesting little video clip for me for me today that uh, brought me back to my childhood. Uh, and I thought we might start with that. It's about three minutes long. Um, and apologies if it's not exactly the type of thing that some of you might be into, but also... Yeah, it's our show, so we're going to do. So this is all based around a concept uh, called ASMR, uh, which is, by definition, autonomous sensory meridian response, which some of you will be familiar with and some of you might be a new concept. It's basically a relaxing kind of sedative sensation that begins on the scalp and moves down the body. It's also known as brain massage. And the thing that triggers it is like placid sights and sounds like whispers and accents and crackles. And it's quite often the audio version of it. And the reason I became familiar with the expression even is that some people have told me, which I'm just going to take as sort of a compliment as opposed to being a bit depressed about it, that, you know, when they're listening to the great stories, they actually like it because it puts them to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm just going to go with that being it a is pleasant. very relaxing. I, I have listened <laughs> to the great stories when I've needed to decompress and it is very relaxing. Trev. You should take it as a compliment. I think I think I will. I, I'm just going to go with that. Uh, you know, some people have said they've had to listen to it twice because they did actually fall asleep listening to the story. So I, I guess whatever sort of weird uh, intonation I have puts it into that bracket for some people. But this little video clip that got sent to me today is uh, great fun because it's the, a memory of my childhood. This is a voice from the childhood of so many Irish people. Uh, it's a guy called Michal O'Meara Hertig. Uh, he is, as Dave actually said today, none more, more Irish. You're not, you, you cannot, you could not find a more Irish man. He is uh, a, a fella who is synonymous with GAA football. He was the commentator for uh, both football and hurling. Uh, the man uh, in the picture every Sunday afternoon. So again, like the voice of so many childhoods, uh, because, you know, he was just ubiquitous. You could not, every Sunday afternoon meant me hollow or heretic's voice on the radio or TV or whatever it was you were listening to as he commentated on whatever the big match was uh, in, in Gaelic games. Um, here, he's describing how to make a sandwich. And uh, I think it's great. I'm not a regular sandwich maker, but if I came in late at night and felt a little bit peckish, I'd have no problem at all in making a good sandwich. And a good sandwich for me consists of brown bread, whole meal, and this is a good example of that. Some people like butter, others like flour, different types of things, 
whatever one is available is the one for me. The first one I see in the fridge, that comes out. And Now, I wouldn't overdo whatever you put on it. I wouldn't have it coming out to the edges, just within, sort of like a football pitch. The, the lines are there, outside it, nothing else, on the pitch, the essential. I would then get ham that's boiled at all. I don't like the ones you get in packets or anything like that. They're too thin. They resemble razor blades to me at times. I like plenty of it, substance to it. Now, this is a good one to put. It's nicely uh, bent around there to match around. Now, that would be sufficient. And get other layers in the Coop the tomato. You know, they give a bit of moisture. You know, you might have tea with it or something like that, or milk or water or anything. Tomatoes and I just, they wouldn't be evenly cut, but they'd be cut so that they'd, they'd rest on it. Coop the cow. I would place those, you know, like like the team would line out, you know, not too near each other. And two tomatoes of that side would be plenty for me. Tomatoes were things that they didn't appear for a long time in West Kerry. Uh, I think it was after the war that they became popular, and I'm talking about the Second World War. Next thing then, piece of lettuce. This lettuce is grown locally. And then I'd put it a little bit protruding. That's what I like to see coming out. And I'd have that, maybe put it across that way. So the little bit of the green, you know. I was used to going to matches. I grew up on a farm. Green was everywhere. I like the green to be visible in as many things as possible. Peace, Ellen, Shin. I was peace, Ellen, Ellen, Dave, Shin. But to secure them, I don't put any sort of... Um, substance that would stick them together. To me now, that's complete. It's natural. There are no extras to it. And then, the job now, making sure that there's a little bit of green to be seen. Now, it's made now, except divided it in two equal halves. I don't like the modern idea of making two triangles out of it. Bread was never meant to be triangular. It was meant to be square, like a good feel, a square feel. So, down until you feel the solid board underneath. And there they are now. And to me, that would be the perfect sandwich. Simple, wholesome ingredients. Bacon that's boiled at home. Irish bacon. Local lettuce, local tomatoes, cockroach. The tradition will live on forever, I think. Now, after listening to Michal there describe a sandwich, hopefully you notice as well he slipped in quite a lot of uh, Irish Gaelic, uh, which, of course, is my mother tongue and um, a language that means a lot to me. Between that, the references to fields and greenness and sandwiches, which are my favourite food, I just thought, I can't pass this. This is absolutely AIP material. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to me all talk about the makings of a sandwich. And if you didn't, maybe you could just relax into it, because apparently he, he does have that effect on quite a few people uh, um, who were all very, very taken with it uh, when Nick posted it today. So, Lisa Marie, hopefully you haven't drifted off into some sort of hungry uh, contemplation there and you're ready to go. <laughs> what did you make of me, Hall? I actually did. I, I saw the post on Twitter this morning as well. Oh, yeah. And so I had already watched the video. But yes, it was. It's a very soothing, very soothing voice. And, and it just made me miss Ireland, which four years ago today, I was on a plane to Ireland for our first oh, really? trip. Okay. So okay. now I'm I'm doubly sad. Thank you, Trev. I'm <laughs> also hungry because I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's exactly pretty much the 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 the, the, the twin take I thought you'd have. I uh, it, it is a it is a lovely accent that it's a real soft Kerry accent. It's uh, he enunciates really clearly. I mean, if you could enter Kerry itself. I'm sorry, but you're not understanding anybody, whether they're speaking English or Irish. Uh, it's, 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 it's <laughs> the accent can be impenetrable, as so many regional accents in Ireland are, but Michal does the enunciating quite well. God bless him. I, I, I did have to pay 
closer attention when we were over in the West on our trip. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you did. I imagine you did. Uh, what do you have to start the show for us this week? Well, um, I have a quote from somebody probably far more known on this side of the Atlantic than your side. But this week, um, well, I guess technically last weekend, um, the longtime coach for Duke basketball, Mike Shizewski, I think I said that right. He was often known as Coach K, um, play, coached his last game for Duke. Um, he had coached there from 1980 to 2022. And um, so is kind of known for, you know, leadership things and, and, and that sort of thing um, around the Duke basketball program. So I found a quote from him that I thought was interesting. Mutual commitment helps overcome the fear of failure, especially when people are part of a team sharing and achieving goals. It also sets the stage for open dialogue and honest conversation. Yeah, that's really nice. And um, I assume it made you think of uh, this lot that we support and the particular management structure. It, it yeah. did. It very yeah. much did make me think of, of our current Liverpool team and even, even our you know, even Klopp as well. I mean, I think there's probably some similarities in in their managerial styles or, or just maybe their people skill styles. So um, anyway, but yes, he has he holds the record for the most wins. Um, he ha- he won one thousand two hundred and two games during his tenure there at Duke, five national wow. championships and made it to 13 final fours. That's impressive. That's quite a body of work. And yeah, you're right. It's, 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 uh, it does. There's, there's something about the, the sentiments there. That it's exactly where I was going as well was, was, was Jurgen. And it's only really when you see, shall we say, certain other high profile managers uh, coming out and being, oh, let's say maybe sometimes a bit pedantic or, uh, to use a far more technical term, pissy. And you realize that we are, <laughs> we are quite lucky to have, uh, the lad that we do at the helm. And, uh, speaking of having, uh, being lucky to have lads, uh, at the helm, young Branchy's driving the bus this evening. It's his topic. We're going to start off in a second. But what have you got, Cam, to, to, to begin your contribution to the show tonight? Um, good evening, everyone. Um, Question for you first, Trap. Uh, seeing as uh, you touched on something before, I um, share my opening quote. Do you do you speak Irish Gaelic? I teach it, man. Yeah. You teach I, it, I, right. Not okay. only not only do I speak it, I teach it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's it's yeah, it's it's a massive massively important part of my life. But it's uh, it, it's 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 a compulsory subject, so kids have to do it oh, here. Right. But but oh, as I, okay. Yeah, but as a result, then it's it's not as beloved as it should be. It's hard to know what the, what the right thing is. So yeah, yeah, that's 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 yeah. the that's the status of it. So yeah, it's yeah. It's, my dad my dad spoke four languages because um they were compulsory in, uh, at school back in the day. So, four. Yeah, he spoke so what are we because of, he's uh, English because obviously the Raj was still about. Yeah. Um, he, he spoke Punjabi because that was the local language. He right. spoke Hindi because that was a national language, but he also spoke spoke uh, Urdu, which wow. is uh, more predominant now in Pakistan than Punjab itself or Punjab side of India because Punjab split in half uh, after independence. So half is in Pakistan, half is in India. So Urdu is very predominant on the Pakistani side. So that was also taught as well. So he sp- he, sp- he didn't speak br- uh, brilliant Urdu, but he, he well he actually. It's quite better than me. Um, mind you, everybody speaks anything better than me. But um, he was fluent in Hindi, Punjabi. He spoke English really well. Um, and I think he, was, he, he spoke Urdu really well. He's pretty much fluent in Urdu, actually, I tell a lie. Um, so, yeah, four languages he was taught at school. That's really impressive. It's it's yeah. it's absolutely the time to learn them as well. Like you know, yeah. it's too it's too late if you wait until later. I, I I've I've tried with Italian and it's it, it's just tougher for me. You yeah. know, like languages like you know, I, I, from my French is decent. Um, I learned Latin in school as well, but you can't go you can't exactly go around that. <laughs> can't hold a conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are too many people who are down with the Latin. Uh, but you know, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely the time. That's really really impressive for me. 
your old man. Wow. Uh, so your quote to start us. My quote, yeah. The challenge is to stay cool enough to handle the pressure in the moment so that you can succeed in the future. Oh, we're all we're all very uh, motivational this evening. What's that one basically, or who's that one from? That's our boss. Is it? Is yeah. it? Oh, I love it. You've that's, you've tied this together beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> you're like uh, you're like the dude's rug. Uh, uh, you just tie the room together. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I believe that uh, we should probably start our football chat with a topic that you suggested earlier on, and the reason. I want to is because I've spoken about it now on, on on two separate shows and why not make it the hat trick because it is a topic <laughs> that's on a lot of people's uh, minds. I know I had this conversation randomly with two Reds that I work with today. I'm sure it's a topic that's um, pretty much in the in the forefront of an awful lot of people's thinking. And uh, you suggested it to us, which is. Do you start Mo Salah considering his current run of form? Now, just before I tee you up to get us started on this, uh, I saw uh, no no less than John Aldridge pondering this exact uh, uh, question today. And, of course, look, uh, just because lads are ex-footballers, uh, does not necessarily mean that they have the most tremendous insight about the game. We've discovered this to our uh, our, our, our chagrin many times. Um, Chat not every- <coughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not everybody can be Jan Malby. Alas, uh, there are quite a lot of of, of chancers and spoofers out there. But regardless of what you think about Aldo, and he might have a bit of a reputation for not necessarily being the most uh, profound com- commentator in the game. He does raise the question an awful lot, a lot of us have raised, and you brought it up for a reason, didn't I? I assume it's not to be. I know you too well to 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 think that you're being in any way edge lordy about it. You obviously, it's obviously weighing on your mind. We have spoken about it. Like there has been a reduction in his in his output. Yeah. When we did the show, and I'll just I'll just tee up like this. When we did the show live uh, on Discord, the raw after the most recent um, outing, at least Marie was in the chat. There were a couple of people who were sort of picking up what we were saying about Mo not being at his optimal uh, mm-hmm. and you know, as some sort of a, uh, an unnecessary criticism and that saying that he, he was being unlucky. And, and, and look, it's all about opinions and that's absolutely fair play. Uh, but it wasn't really, I wasn't trying to say, oh God, he's shit now, we don't play him. I'm saying, I'm, I always say he's our most important player. Um, but the level of output that he had begun with was probably was probably way, way too high to continue. So he's had this sort of cooling off period now where it has to be a game from play, a goal from play in six or eight games or something like that. Um, eight, one goal in eight, last eight games. So I am, I'm assuming this is what's driving your, your yeah. observation and the fact that maybe there aren't the assists. We were seeing outrageous assists from Mo uh, right. in the early part of the season as well. So just, Tell us where you're landing on it, and myself and Lisa Marie might come in and, and give our tuppence worth then. Um, I think the reason I asked the question was because, obviously, like you say, I, th- I think it's a pertinent question, it's an important question, um, considering his current run of form. Since he's come back from the AFCON, he's, he's, he's lost a little bit of an, his edge, he's lost a little bit of his sparkle, but he hasn't lost his desire he hasn't lost his work ethic he hasn't lost um i don't think he's necessarily lost his creativity as such but that there is something just slightly off in his game at the moment and i think jürgen has got a, a big question this is a big question probably even in jürgen's mind right now in that we're playing man city it's this is the game of the season now. This is it almost, you know, in my mind, it feels like the title decider, although the title will not be decided on Sunday. Um, and so you, you're looking at it and you're thinking, Diaz has got to be a starter. I don't think, I don't think that's any doubt, you know, after what he did on um, uh, Tuesday night, it, you, you, he, he's, he's flying, he's full of confidence. You know, he got a goal and he got an assist, and you know that you can't not start him. The question is then, who's Diaz is then in for the is in for the left? If you're then going to play 
who you get, who you're then going to play as a striker. The question then becomes: Is it, it's it's one of three then, isn't it? Is it Jota, Bobby, or Mane? For me, it would be Bobby. Now, then the question is: Who's better coming off the bench? Mane coming off the bench is 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 quite poor. Actually, it's he very rarely seems to have a a big impact off the bench for me. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but that's just my perception. So you're then thinking, who would be a better impact off the bench? It's probably going to be Mo then, or Jota. Because Jota just seems a, a touch off as well. So it's just it's just running around in my mind. But then I, can, I go back and I think, pre-Christmas, he was the best player in the world, without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. He was the best player in the world on current form as he was. We were talking about, you know, this is it. There's, there's no question. And with that in mind, I think it's a no-brainer. He starts. I don't think there's any doubt about it. He, he, he's our, like you said, I think him and Virgil are our two, are the two names, you know, that you put first on T-shirt, obviously along with Alison Becker and, you know, uh, Probably uh, Fabinho as a number six, but everybody else's position is is you could say well maybe not Trent as well you know we've got too many good players. Um, <laughs> yeah. And long may it continue. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the beauty of it. But I think he, he you can't not start him. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here because I love the way you've talked yourself around. I think that's been the pattern everybody's had. And it's just, you know, just listen to you do it live. I think it's the pattern everybody's had. It's okay. Okay. Right. Uh, anyone who's objective enough and doesn't have like silly dogs and silly fights can just say, okay, well, the, 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 the productivity, uh, the insane productivity had, had, has fallen away. And he's cut a little bit of frustrated figure at times, you know, with a, a lot of block shots and, and, and things just not quite working out in the way that they had been doing. And whatever the reasons are for that, um, I don't want to get into that because you've got to have people who go down the contract route. You're going to have people who go down the exhaustion route and all the rest of it. And they're all valid points that you can make and discuss. I just want to talk about form only just for whatever reason. The, the reasons for it, I'm, I'm not that concerned with because I too mull this over. And I'm thinking, there's no way you don't start a man who was the best player in the world on form uh, uh, only a few short weeks ago. So that then brings you full circle back to the lead on question that comes from that, which is Mo starts where Mo plays. Uh, I, like you, think you play the man in form who's Luis Diaz. And he's also potentially a real surprise package for these guys. And then it's about who the third one is. And interestingly, I'm going with Sadio in the middle. That's the three I'd love to see him play because I think Sadio Mane, Mo Salah and Luis Diaz running at any defence is going to terrify the bejesus at them. You seem to have plumped for Bob. And I get that. I fully understand why. Just talk us through your thinking on that, if that's the three you're saying, Bobby, Mo and Diaz. Well, the reason I've gone for, for Bobby is because our link up, our link up play, uh, on Sunday is going to be crucial. And Bobby is our, is our best player for linking up the midfield with, with the attack. You know, he's, he's all over the places. He's, he, he's a, he's a nightmare for, for the centre backs. They don't know where he's going to be, where he's going to pop up. His, his, his touch, his skill, um, is, is I think is, Way ahead of of uh, Jotter and uh, Sadio, his first touch especially, and I'm, I'll be watching uh, Sadio for a while. And uh, for me, I I, I just think he, his first touch has just been a, a touch off at times. You know, it's been good, but it's not been as good as it should be. And I think it's crucial um, on Sunday that we're, we're playing against a team who 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 could quite happily literally play a hundred percent with the ball. And we we wouldn't touch it. They they are that good at uh, possession. And when we're going to be in the attacking third, us keeping hold of that ball and pressurising is going to be is going to be critical. And I think for that we're going to need Bobby. Uh, it's hard to argue with that logic. And uh, again, I've thought 
very similar thoughts myself during the course of the week and it, it just remains then to ask Lisa Marie like your 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 preference just based on current form we've seen a couple of really interesting performances we kind of played Benfica off the park and then it seemed like we let them back into it but that wasn't really real uh, and then we could have had a couple of extra goals towards the end it really should be stone dead that tie because it was a solid performance Watford was one of those where it was just getting the business done. Uh, but again, there's probably enough chances created that the game could have been more comfortably won. Uh, based on what you've seen recently uh, in terms of our front men, uh, and again, it's there the games post-international break, what's your preference uh, for this really ridiculously uh, important match on Sunday? Well, Cam's stolen most of my points. Um. No, I, I think, (laughs) I know. Um, no, I, I absolutely agree. I think solid is, he needs to start. Um, cause while he has been not playing to the levels that he was back before the holidays, first of all, it was probably that was, it is ridiculous to expect him to sustain that for an entire season. I mean, it's, it's just not realistic. And, um, but he played better in the Benfica match than he had been playing, in my opinion. I mean, or no, he didn't assist, but he looked more like Mo, um, in my opinion. And I, and I do think he's, I, I just think having him not start would probably maybe do him more harm than good, in, in my opinion. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm definitely, I think him and, and I do, I think Luis Diaz on the left, um, partially because, you know, and, and I've made this point before that in some ways I felt that our front three had gotten a little bit predictable, you know, to our opponents, you know, it was always Mane on the left, uh, Bobby through the middle, Sal on the right. And, and so they, you know, they kind of knew what we were going to do. And, and Diaz is still a little bit of a new factor. Um, for people. I mean, yes, he's, he's played enough games for us that they can, you know, kind of look at him, but, but, you know, he just moves, you know, he, he bounds over in, you know, toward the middle and you just don't necessarily, and he's so fast. So you just don't really know what to do with him quite yet. I think from an opposition point of view, and then I'm torn between Sadio and Bobby in the middle. I, Trev, I get your point, but you know, Sadio hasn't been in the best of form lately. Mm. Um, You know, he's certainly been in, better form than Mo, but I would, I would argue that maybe he's just been a little luckier. Um, and, and I don't mean just the wins for Senegal, but, um, but yeah, but even in the couple of goals that he's knocked in, I, I think, you know, he, he hasn't been in cracking form. So, but I think Bobby, cause I, and this is where Cam stole my point. He's so important to the link up play, um, with our midfield. And so I think you do. And I mean, they, you've got Sadio or Jada to, to bring off the bench. If needed, mm. um, you know, Jada who can poach a goal and, you know, and Sadio who can just, you know, come in for fresh legs and energy. Yeah, they're, they're fine points. And I think there's merit in all these selection um, options. And uh, poor old Diogo's, you know, not gotten the shout from any of us as a starter. And yet there's an argument to be made that perhaps he's, you know, our, our informed goal scorer. And, and you know... <laughs> Again, I spoke to Jan about this during the week. What really strikes me about Diogo Jota is the, by comparison with, with our other fo- uh, forward players, there's a lack of uh, uh, grace and 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 sort of delicacy of technique. Uh, it really, really always takes me aback how direct he is. He just runs straight at opponents. And, you know, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Mostly those runs sort of end in a blind alley or a block with a block shot like that. But it, that's a, that's a really interesting factor to have against a team like City who, who rely on being composed. Um, and so whereas I totally get the notion of, of Bobby and, and possession retention, I also like the idea that we could possibly launch an attack and, and, and go quickly from front to back, which we can via Virgil. And as uh, Cam mentioned, Trent, uh, and we can we can go in two kicks of a ball. We can be um, scoring, um, unlike what it is the City do. 
and players who can get in behind fast and cause chaos, you know, there's a lot to be said for it. So it's look, it's the, the, the thing I hope everybody takes away from the discussion is that we have now for the first time a real embarrassment of riches and it's a wonderful position to be in and, and it should be reveled in. And the same conversation could be had about midfield because now we have fellas, I think, and I'm just going to float something out there and I'll pop this in your direction, Carmel. I've, you know, you know, uh, I've no interest in the, um, in the, the unending, um, camps, um, picking, picking out who they prefer and who they're going to fanboy for it. That's of zero interest to me. I'm just going to suggest one thing to you and see if you agree. There are four players who I think are in pole position to pick three positions. Um, this is better than we could have possibly hoped, I think, because all of them are capable of having really good games in their day. And I think the four are obviously Fab, Thiago, uh, Nabi and Hendo. Um, yeah. if I was to, if I was to roll it, uh, 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 place a bet rather, I would say he goes with captain and he goes with Fab and he goes probably with Thiago just because of the the yeah. same qualities you mentioned with 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 Bobby. Uh, and Nabi's unfortunate to miss out again. If I had my preference, it, I'd have. I would have Nabi in for the captain with Jordan coming in um, increasingly to sort of have a later impact in the game. Uh, I think he can do that job quite well, actually. Um, not in the way that people think. Uh, if you listen to standard English pundits, they seem to think that Jordan will come on and control the game. That's not what will happen. But he can have a very, very positive impact on a game late on Uh in terms of energy, in terms of, of doing things that, um, there, we don't have a huge amount of other players who can do. Uh, so I do, that's where I'd be on it. But again, that's just opinion and the debate is almost irrelevant. I do, I just, again, like to get your opinion without us having to go back and forward on it because sure. at the end of the day, Jurgen's going to do what Jurgen's going to do. And he will probably at least, at least always, he seems to have one surprise. If you had a preference, what would you think it would be? And like I said to Jan at the weekend, if you had a prediction of what you think Jurgen's likely to do, what would it be? My preference would be to start with the three that started against Benfica. My prediction is to go with the three that you said. Um, and, I, and the reason I think he'll do the three that you said is because Fab's obviously guaranteed starter. Um, Nabi played near, near enough the full 90 minutes. On Tuesday, um, there's no way he's he's capable of. Um, it, it just seems his minutes are being managed uh, game by game, week by week. So I, I think with that in mind, the fact that he played so many minutes on Tuesday says he won't start on Sunday. Um, and so that, and then with Thiago going off for Hendo, neither of them played the full game. So you can see them both therefore then starting. Um, I just think, you know, I mean. Uh, I think this season, I think Hendo has looked better when he's come off the bench. In the majority of the times he has played off the bench, I just think that you know um, opposition are obviously tiring. He's fresh, um, and he, it, it just seems to suit him a bit better at the moment. But that doesn't mean to say he won't come in and be brilliant for us on Sunday because yeah. he's more than capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're right to yeah. talk about. Do you think we're right to talk about those four? Like, this, to me, just in form. Uh, not this is not a permanent situation, but in terms of current form, there seems to be a little bit of a drop off then to the next tier, which has Curtis and and, and Harvey Elliott and and Ox. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, to me, if we're if we're in a situation where we normally would be, and one of those is having to be the third because we have injuries and blah blah blah. You just don't feel as confident. But the the four that we have there, honestly, whichever one selection that Jurgen goes with, and I, I'm assuming it will be from that four, I'd be happy enough with. And Lisa Marie, just to spin it back to you as well, I heard somebody say that it's taken today. I thought it was an interesting point. They said it, it, it's taken Nabi so bloody long to get into a rhythm of form and fitness that to not play him uh, when he's in that, uh, seems kind of daft. Uh, now, there are probably all sorts of um, 
you know, chronic load experts and, and, and people who know much more about that side of the game than I do who are shouting at their, um, th- their devices now. But, but when I heard that point, it held a certain amount of resonance for me. I, I thought, yeah, like Jurgen's is a big believer in rhythm. And, uh, if the lad is fit and able and he's currently in good form, yeah, I'd kind of like to see him start as well. So like Cam, that would be my preferred three. What, what about you? So I'm starting to feel like I'm just here to make up the numbers this week. Um, <laughs> you don't have to be controversial, Ismael. We, we are allowed to agree. It's well, great. I know, but it's just like, yes. She's going to say, no, we're going to go with well. Minamino, Ox, and Harvey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, you, you, you know yeah, you, you know, want to select your let's child. Let's just throw caution to the wind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I mean, I, I agree with. Cam and I think Trev, you said the same thing. I absolutely would lo- would love for it to be the midfield that we saw start against Benfica, Tiago, Fabino, and and Keita. But yeah, I am leaning toward thinking it's going to be Henderson on the right there. But now that you've made this point and argument, you could say about rhythm and and Klopp being a believer in that, you know. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he will start Nabby. Um, yeah, I mean, Thiago played most of the game on Tuesday, which which does worry me a, a tiny bit because that generally doesn't happen if if Klopp is planning to play him in the next game or hasn't, you know, for a while. But he's had a longer run, knock wood, clutching the desk, um, yeah. you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, yes, my absolute preference would be our dream midfield of Tiago Fabino and Keita, but I, I really suspect that, that Henderson is, is going to start big game. He's the captain, et cetera, et cetera. Well, let me start then the last question around selection. Sure, before you just do that. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Don't be surprised if Pop throws a spanner in the works. Oh, I'm not going to be. I've already said that. I think I think yeah. there's every chance. Uh, and um, if, if, if no, no, on. but I'm gonna I'm gonna say who I think could possibly. At the beginning of the season, some of Mo's best form was played alongside Trent and Harvey Elliott. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's true. Don't be Before Harvey's injury, don't be surprised if Harvey starts on Sunday. Well, I for one would be uh, both excited and and eager to see what that would look like. So it's just a great position to be in. And and like I said, Lisa Marie, there's one sort of area left, and and we'll let you start this one since you you've already been complaining about having a go. <laughs> I was not complaining. I feel I feel awful now. Uh, so so <laughs> yeah, the, the, the last yeah the last selection uh, area. Again, this is just a beautiful scenario to have such a, a, an embarrassment of riches. We saw Ibu Kanate start uh, in the uh, Champions League uh, and do really, really well, with the exception of a, a glaring sort of howler, which led to their goal. Uh, and maybe I think one other incident where he got caught up, got caught in possession uh, up the field a little bit, and they had launched a counter where they should have done better. But there's so much to admire in this kid's game, and he just seems to be um, a real star in the making for us. But then there's Joel, and Joel seems to be the go-to guy. Uh, same question for you. Do you have a preference, and what do you think the likelihood is? I feel like it's likely that it'll be Joel. Um, although, I really would like to see uh, Kanate's pace, you know, against... Um, you know, whoever Manchester City puts up front. Um, cause, cause I think he has better pace than, than Matip, but, um, but I think maybe Matip's kind of calmer, um, sometimes anyway, uh, <laughs> persona with is, you know, and that kind of tried and true partnership with, with Virgil is, is probably the way the way Klopp is going to lean. Um, yeah. Game. Yeah, it's an interesting question you bring up because in the last three games, City have gone with different personnel. The last one, uh, which was the uh, narrow win over Atletico, although 
again, judging by what I've read about the game and the stats, it seems as if Atletico did not lay a glove on them, not a, not a single opportunity created, never mind a shot on target. Um, but they went with Riyad Mahrez on the right, Bernardo Silva through the middle and Raheem Sterling uh, coming in from the left. Uh, then in the previous game to that, which they won 2-0, much to our chagrin after going top of the league, uh, old uh, old uh, uh, Daichi made a balls of it and uh, his lot collapsed there early on in the game. Um, and in that game, they went with Phil Foden through the centre with uh, Sterling uh, right and Grealish left. And then the previous game to that, which was the disappointing result that they had against Crystal Palace, where they drew nil-nil, it was Grealish left, Foden through the middle, and Mares right. I think there's a high likelihood that he'll go uh, with Foden because yes, he's I, done I think well. He is too. Yeah, he's done well against us. Uh, Grealish is one. Yeah, he is, sadly. Uh, Grealish is the one that I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm not 100% sure whether he gets the, the nod or not. Uh, and then Mares is kind of their informed attacker at the moment as well. So it's interesting. I mean, they, we talk about embarrassment and riches. Look what they can select from there. It's remarkable. They have they have such choice. And, you know, I, I, I'm really wary of the... Even though I started the, the conversation with Jan the other day, I'm really wary about um, you know dumping too much on on, on Jack Grealish because he's clearly an excellent footballer and we don't want him to prove that against us. So it will be interesting to see what uh, the manager goes with by way of a defensive lineup. And let's finish this whole section about uh, who who will and who won't. And look, this is kind of evergreen because as long as the squad stays fit, this is going to be a discussion that's going to be ongoing. So just to get your take, Cam, then on 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 who you would uh, prefer to see at the heart of the defence and who you think is likely. Um, no real preference, to be honest. Um. Obviously, alongside Virgil, I think whoever plays alongside Virgil is looks world class. Um, you know, if I if if Joe Gomez started, I wouldn't be unduly concerned at all. If uh, Canate started again, and uh, with uh, Joel Matip again, no issues. So I think it was, I think it will start with Joel. I think that's why he was rested midweek. Um, you know, he. he uh, Canate showed uh, he's got um, a little bit to learn, and I think this season uh, Joel has, uh, has has been has been really good whenever he's played. I mean, there's, I think there's been times when Joel has looked uh, our best centre back, so um, I think he fully deserves to start on Sunday uh, ahead of um, Joe Gomez and uh, Ibrahim Canate. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's what the the the, the rotation was about. I think it's uh, you you've put a question in my mind now about that same process applying to to uh, Tiago as did Lisa Marie. So I'm curious to see what happens. I will just simply say that again to reiterate, it, it's a joy that that we can have these conversations and we're talking about really good footballers, regardless of selection. Um, the drop off uh, is is minimal to non-existent, and that is. That is pretty exciting. It's a great place to be going into what is a massive game. And we should probably just leave it at that there because this is Friday evening, game Sunday. So the show will have a chance to live a little bit uh, in people's ears before the kickoff, but maybe not so long. So there are other things of note that we could possibly have a chat about as well. Um, and I wouldn't mind uh, maybe thinking about one or two of those just to finish off um, in the last few minutes here. Uh, so with that in mind, we had been speaking about what's ahead. And I just want to take one little box here because there's a you know distinct possibility that we could be accused of being disrespectful uh, if we don't. Now, when I spoke to Jan Mulby, he reckons the tie's as good as over. Um, he was looking around and we discussed the other Champions League uh, ties as well. And he reckons uh, Real are pretty safe too, but obviously the other one's still in the balance with one nils in both of them. Uh, uh, Bayern um, are going to be formidable um, at home and probably 
have great chance of turning over that that surprising result that Villarreal got. Uh, Atletico will be hoping that they can do something in their home stadium against City. Um, I don't think they will. A shot uh, would be nice from Atletico. A, sh- a shot would be good. Uh, but 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 the other two ties are interesting. Chelsea probably you know were better than than what the result says. Uh, and it will be interesting to see what happens there. We've this competition's littered with uh, dramatic quarterfinals and semifinals, so let's keep an eye on that one. But we need to talk about our own. And, and I would love if Diogo Jada could have put that one away to make it four, because I don't think any team beats us uh, from that uh, position, um, let alone Benfica, who are not one of the best teams that we've faced. But we've seen that they can do something if we allow them to. Uh, when we stood off them a little bit and allowed them to have and build up a little bit of a head of steam, even though they didn't necessarily create too many chances, they did have a little bit of a purple patch at the start of that uh, first half. Like I say, kind of kicked off by a gift that they got. Um, so I don't want to over-egg it and say, you know, we need to be really terrified, but I don't want to be disrespectful and say that, you know, the job is done. However, you two may disagree. Lisa Marie, as you look at it, um, do you think there's room for Klopp to tinker lineup wise? And do you have a level of confidence going into it, regardless of, say, Benfica managing to notch a goal at Anfield? Do you think we have enough to, to counter that? Like, how are you feeling going into this tie? I am cautiously optimistic. Huh, I, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I like our chances against them, especially at home and field, you know, all of those good things. So, so I think, but, and, you know, I was thinking about that as you were talking, thinking, you know, okay, what if he starts Joe Gomez instead of Virgil in the back, you know, Joe and Kanate, but then you're like, well, have they really played together? So would that really be a good idea? Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, my thought is start strong. If we get a couple goals up at halftime again, you know, then you can do some early subs and, you know, and then maybe, you know, rest some players. It's like this week and next week are like ditto because, you know, we've got to face Man City again, you know, next weekend. So, (laughs) so you're thinking, do you want Virgil going into that game? You know, with four games, you know, or, you know, three games, 90 minutes, you know, that'll be his fourth game in, in two weeks and, and some of the others as well. So what I'm hoping is that we start strong. We get up by a couple goals. And then especially since we've got the five subs, you know, that he can sub off some players and, you know, and, and, you know, give them that additional rest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's there's a huge argument to be made for that type of approach to, to any situation like we're, with the one we're currently in that you don't take a chance at all that you do go strong and if you can if you can withdraw players then having achieved something that you do it I, I've, it's it's kind of unassailable logic uh, but it, it it's not necessarily what cop will go with you uh, uh, Cam you know you've already uh, sort of thrown Spanner into works with the suggestion that you know he, he is liable to maybe pick a flyer uh, against City um, on Sunday, do you think he does a bit of tinkering ahead of Benfica? Oh, no doubt. Um, and where, where do you see that most likely to occur? Then? Um, I could see Curtis Jones starting um, against Benfica. I could possibly see Virgil getting subbed at 60 minutes, regardless of um, what the scoreline is. Well, providing it's not 2-0, obviously, or what, or we're losing 1-0, then maybe not. Um, so forget that regardless of scoreline nonsense. Um, I could possibly see Simicast coming in for Robo. Um, yeah. The, the front three, we have no idea what he'll do with the front three. You know, you could see Divock starting. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be completely disrespectful, but. He'll put out an 11 that he, he will think can do a job. And with the embarrassment of riches that we now have within that squad, they should do a job. I mean, I, uh, the Benfica striker looked really useful. I, I, I did like him. I mean, first time I've ever seen him playing, you know, you can't really judge anybody on one game, but he, 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 he looked tidy and he scored, I think, 40 odd goals or something ridiculous this season. 
think the commentators were saying he's just not banging him in for fun. So um, and and he it was a tidy finish from him um, against us. I mean, we had eight big chances in that game, eight big chances. Mo had a one on one, then he hit straight at, straight at the keeper. You know, uh, obviously Jota at the end had that huge miss and eight big chances away from home. Um, I'm not saying we're going to create eight big chances at Anfield, but you'd like to think we'll create two or three good chances, and you know we we should get at least one goal out of those two or three. So um, I'm reasonably confident. I don't, you know, I can see him making about four changes mm. from the team that starts against uh, City, um, because you know, we, we, like Lisa Marie said, you know. Uh, someone who keeps stealing my thunder tonight. Um, <laughs> um, so um, uh, we got we got City again next weekend. So uh, uh, it's you know he will in the back of his mind of his mind have one eye on that as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know I I I think I think what will happen is um, uh, again with the front three is like we said earlier Mo will definitely start on Sunday and and he'll be rested on Wednesday. Well, we shall wait and see uh, if Jurgen makes um, uh, fools of us all with his selection. It's 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 highly likely that he he will ha- <laughs> have a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's highly likely he'll 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 certainly surprise us. Uh, I look forward very much to these games. The as you say, Cam, um, the the most exciting version of Groundhog Day um, that we could have. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I do enjoy it, folks, if you get the opportunity uh, like this. It's it's, uh, it's so unprecedented. Um, we're still, the, the, the mad thing is still possible. Uh, I'm not really afraid to say it. I'm just referring to it as the mad thing. Um, and you know um, how greedy I am for it to happen. So I, mm. I, I, I retain uh, tremendous levels of optimism, even if they are unrealistic. Uh, I want to finish uh, with uh, a very uh, full circle type question, which is not funny because I'm keeping an eye on the clock here. and We're getting close to the hour. Uh, and I have just a very simple question for you that I, I, I did flag up, but I'm not sure I can always rely on, on Branchy reading things in advance. But I'm going to take a flyer that Lisa Marie did read things in advance. And so the simple question I have for both of you is, like Michal and Marahertie describing a sandwich, what food do you think you could be really engaging with describing if you were to do a little YouTube um video what food would you choose to describe in a sort of thoughtful uh, uh and ponderous fashion like Michal did with his sandwich lisa marie if you had to pick one what would it be what would you talk people through probably either my lasagna oh. or chicken marsala Huh, okay, okay. But you know, I'm a little, I'm not sure that I'd want to do my lasagna because I've got a couple little secrets that I'm not sure I'd want to give away. Oh, is that mm-hmm. right? Okay, I see, I see. <laughs> well, then, yeah, that, that one, that's not. Just that's going not on Skyscanner to check flights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so clearly that's not, oh, so, so your chicken marsala, and, and, and is that because you're particularly passionate about that dish or is there something, what, what, well, what? Is it just a real familiarity you have with it that you think you've got really specific notions about it and how it should be done? Is that it? Yeah, I, I suppose. Now, um, yeah, I mean, the lasagna, I've kind of merged a couple of different recipes. So so that's why I've kind of got my own take on that one. Right. But chick- yeah, but chicken marsala is a recipe that was given to me by um, one of my husband's aunts and has been kind of a tried and true um one in the household here for quite some time. But, you know, I also am, you know, I love to bake. So I'm also thinking, because I'm actually getting ready, um, I'm going to bake a cake for a friend's birthday this weekend. And I'm going to go back to Trev, my uh, Guinness chocolate cake with Irish buttercream frosting. And that mm-hmm. can be kind of fun to describe Books as well. Flight on Sky Sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you start talking about desserts, Branchy's all over it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cam, if 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 uh, if somebody asked you to do a little uh, guest 
star uh, appearance on um, a show called Describing My Favorite Food uh, and how to create it. What would be your dish of choice? Um, seeing as I'm like a, a Michelin 10 star chef. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah. The only one in the world, obviously. <laughs> um, I only have one dish that I can cook. It's an omelet, uh, isn't we, it? It, it, you know, it's, it's it, infamous it's the omelet. Spanish omelet that it's we've heard Spanish about. Spanish omelet, right? you know, that's the winner, winner chicken dinner. So um, <laughs> it would have to be the Spanish omelet. I mean, there, there are obviously many foods I like. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is now, because I've been vegetarian for over a year now, um, Mrs. B cooks me a dish. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea because it's all these meat substitutes. Yeah. So today I said, Oh, that was, that was that fish. She goes, and she's looking at me like I'm stupid. I'm like, no, it's not, it wasn't fish. And I'm like, I know it's soya based or whatever it was, but or plant based, but was it meant to be fish? She goes, no, it was meant to be chicken. All oh, right. Yeah. It tasted more like fish than chicken, to be honest. And it's just like, oh, I was quite happy thinking it was fish. So, um, my, my, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll be on the road and I'll have a sandwich and I've no idea what I'm eating. I'm just eating it. And yeah, that's great. Love it. So I, I could, who knows what I'm eating right now. So, um, but yeah, going back to the, I, I, I digress. Sorry. Um, normal. Um, yeah, it would have to be a Spanish omelette. I, I do like to every now and then, um, get like a, uh, a piece of uh, obviously brown wholemeal bread, um, <laughs> and then uh, give, put a bit of butter on there. Put some grated cheese on there. Uh, chop some onion up, a little bit of onion, a little bit of chili, a little bit of obviously the tomatoes. We have to have tomatoes um, on there, and then we'll, we'll grill that, and then we'll do uh, a Punjabi version of beans, which is a, a turka beans. So we'll put uh, some spices and again a little bit of fried onion in there, fry the onions first in, in the butter, uh, then put the beans in, put, put the spices in with the onions and all that. And, and it's called a torca uh, beans. Um, and then have that on top of the, uh, the grilled cheese, uh, that we do on the bread. So that's like a, a, a regular, it seems to be, um, a regular Punjabi dish, even though it's not Punjabi, obviously. So, um, you go to most Punjabi households, so, uh, that is a, a common dish. Not, it's, it's really simple, uh, but it's really tasty. I love the sound of that. Yeah, absolutely Good. love the sound of that. Yeah. That's, Again, that's great. haven't had lunch. Very hungry. Stop talking <laughs> about food. Yeah. Okay. We should wrap this up and let you go. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, well, Trav, you would have to make something from your garden. Uh, you would imagine I would have to make something from my garden, but I, I, I am actually. I live on 90% sandwiches. So I, I, I would, I would, do. the only other thing I could, I thought of there that, um, I made recently and it was really, really good was, uh, a chicken broccoli recipe that I did. I've, I've, I got from, um, my mom who got it from somebody else. So that is always a, a bit of a winner. But yeah, it'd be definitely some sort of a sandwich. I get very passionate about sandwiches. We couldn't get, we don't possibly, couldn't possibly have the time to discuss sandwiches now. But I'm already I'm already fascinated by this um by this one that Cam suggested here. Uh, Cam, yes, Turka Turka beans is that how you say? Turka beans. Turka. Turka. T O R K A. I guess. Turka. I like it. I like it. I like it. I'm gonna have to look. Uh, this. I think Heinz actually they tried did a version, to, did they? Okay. They, they did a version of it. I don't think it sold well at all because you've got to. What I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll get Mrs B to um. Right up for the recipe for us. So, I, hope you, there you I, hope, go. I hope you realize what a very fortunate man you are talking about how you don't know what you're eating, but you're just getting fed all this wonderful food. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, great. You know, <laughs> I'm living the dream. You are, fella. You are living yeah. the dream. You know what? You know what I've told my children? The absolute perfect Mother's Day gift would be for me. You know, Mother's Day here is in May. It Go would on. be to not ask me for a month what is for dinner. <laughs> 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 I get so tired of that because they, you know, because they have to come individually and ask that question. So I get asked, you know, <laughs> times three, three, you know, you mentioned oftentimes. Uh, and whoever the third one is that comes to me and asks what's for dinner usually gets the for the love of all that is holy. Would you people quit asking? <laughs> 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 so 
yeah. <laughs> Best Mother's Day gift I could probably think of would be a month not being asked what is for dinner or when are you going to go to the grocery store? Well, I think you should play this very, very loudly uh, <laughs> uh, next time you're doing some 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 runs there for the for the nippers. Just this last section, see if it actually goes in. And uh, they'll probably they'll probably tune completely out once they hear oh, that. Of course. Oh, it's just it's just mom talking to somebody. I can't listen, can't listen to this. Uh, oh, right, let's. It's ra- usually, are you talking to that Irish guy again? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. He gets everywhere, that guy. Uh, we, we should we should start wrapping it up. Um, was there anything in particular, Lisa Marie, that you wanted to finish with this week or uh, anything you want to recommend or anything you're watching on TV or any of the usual kind of things that we do here at the end? Um, actually, I wanted to give a shout out to the Liverpool women's team for Champion. clinching their championship. And yep. what? What? <laughs> I didn't hear what you said, Cam. Cam was singing Campiones at you. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yes. Yeah. So for for um yes, and their promotion back um to the upper tier. And um if you have not seen a video of Megan Campbell and those throw-ins that she does, look it up because wow. Um yeah. and also I guess kind of a little recommendation plug. Um Alan O'Donohue, who does the Minefield podcast, has another series of podcasts that he does called Motivational Interviews. And he actually interviewed Megan Campbell like two years ago. I think it's from like June of 2020. Um, so maybe look that up and take a listen because I mean it's before she came to play for Liverpool, but it was it was an interesting um, it was an interesting podcast. So I would I would recommend that as well. Top so, lad yeah. is Alan. Top lad. He's Alan. not he's not bad he's not bad for a loud. Even man. though you know he's from County Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's 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 a real it's a real hindrance. That's just talking. That wouldn't be me. <laughs> it's a real hindrance in anyone's life, that. But you know, he but does. I've had to, but I've been caught between the two of you on more than one occasion. So. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, you should just step out of the way there. That's, that's never. I've had the pleasure anything. of meeting Alan. He is genuinely a top top. That's player. right. Al came over to one of the days that you. Yeah, guys... we had a thing at Anfield when uh, it was the opening game of the season. Liverpool playing Watford at that's Watford, right. and we actually went up to. Anfield to watch a game in uh, in the like the uh, bar area in hospitality suite, and then um, we went into uh, uh, Jimmy Milner's uh, uh, hospitality box and recorded a part in there afterwards. So they kindly let us in there. So it was oh, a, cool. yeah, there was there was a lot of AI people there. It'd be great to do do something like that again. You know, um, I, I think that that has to be on good, the good, agenda. Yeah, that yeah, that would be fun. It would be brilliant. I think. Well, that and would, I've met Alan as well um, on both my trips to to Ireland. So we've um, we had lunch the second time, and uh, we actually went out and shared a couple pints the first time. Him, my husband, and I. So yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, that's far too much uh, Alan talk for my liking. <laughs> you, you should love him. He's a fan of Baldy. Know you when I went to Ireland, you know, and. I just can't. I just can't have. I can't have a whole section of my podcast dedicated to talking about how great Alan is. It's just not okay. Uh, but you're right. You're right. He's 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 a top lad, um, which is it pains me to say it. And uh, you know, uh, I I I will I will say that the only thing that I've been doing recently, just to give it my own tuppence worth at the end, that, that uh, I would recommend is rewatching uh, Better Call Saul ahead of. The new season, which is coming soon, uh, this month, I believe. So I've started watching Better Call Saul again. I forgot how good it is because I watch it kind of, you know, you know, when you've been something and, um, I'm just picking up so much more this second time around. It's a really, really outrageously good series. So I would recommend people do that. And Cam, lastly, to yourself, anything you want to plug or finish with or whatever? Um, I'll just give a recommendation. Um, I've just watched, uh, both series of, uh, Top Boy. Um, oh yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was eight. Well, uh, the t- it was eight series, wasn't it? Um, four series, sorry. Um, if you if you get my drift. Um, but it was two separate. I don't know what I'm saying it. But yeah, watch watch Top Boy, uh, both of them. Um, really really good. Really enjoyed it. And the ending of the 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 last episode that they've just shot is just oh my god, I I did not see that coming. Well, that's always although. Good. It, it's not surprising. I did not see that coming. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, I we think we should finish it at that. I'm I'm very tempted to call this episode Jimmy Milner's hospitality box, but that just seems a bit of a seems a bit low, uh, long and unwieldy. But I'll come up with something. Just and, take the hospitality uh, out then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not. Uh, I, I will I will come up with something as ever, and um, I want to thank Cam and Lisa Marie. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate your ongoing attention. It is uh, much appreciated when there's so much choice out there. If you like what we do, let someone know about it. And hopefully we can get more ear holes wrapped around this particular podcast and all of the stable of podcasts, including Alan O'Donoghue, who's one that uh, AI are churning out on a regular basis. Um, such high quality stuff that it is genuinely um, a pleasure to be associated with. So let's finish it up. More big games for the Reds, uh, endless big games for the Reds. And I hope that's exactly what we're talking about next week as well, as we have two more wins, hopefully under our belts to chat about and two more big games to look forward to. That's the way it is now with this team under Jurgen Klopp and we love it. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.